when you can take the pebble from my hand, it will be time for you to leave. Ninja, the tea party's over. Tonight we've got Mike. Hello. Um, just the two of us tonight. Nathan couldn't make it, uh, but probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Is that the the movie part or the fact that he's sick? Tonight? Oh, oh, yeah. No, he's, he's not well. Um, so you know, before we begin, uh, I just want to talk about. Asian movies, Asian action movies have come a long way. <laughs> um, I think, uh, certainly when I first started getting into Hong Kong action films, it was more the recent films, wasn't it? It was more like uh, your Jackies, and I didn't really... Oh, well, no, that Bruce Lee was probably um, like a big, uh, a big motivator, and he definitely, a lot of his earlier films, you can kind of see how they broke the mold of the the early action films, you know, like the old low-way films and that. Um, and the reason I bring this up is this feels very old, old school. Well, yeah, no, I have to agree with you there. It's a, a very old school um, movie and uh, on that really cheap, cheap budget, I'll, I'll wow. add that into. Yeah, it's... Look, I mean, it's got a big name. We're watching, we saw the, uh, it's called The Buddhist Fist. Uh, it's a Yun Wu Ping film. Uh, Yun Wu Ping, of course, being known for The Matrix and a uh, whole bunch of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Kill Bill, um, you know, master choreographer. This is one of his earlier works. This is uh, one of his most famous movies, been The Drunken Master, mm-hmm. of course, and this was made just after there, around the time he was making The Magnificent Butcher as well. Oh, this is after The um, Drunken Master. Yep, after. After Drunken Master. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think um, if if I look at it, um, really production on this was quite low compared oh. to those two. Like Drunken wow. Master and um, even Magnificent Butcher, which we watched last time, mm. had significantly better budgets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I'll do, I'll go. I'll just do a, like a quick plot recap, and we'll just kind of <laughs> we'll touch the the bits as we go. Mm. But uh, I mean, the opening scene, as you meant, like you you noticed, Mike, there was a like a what's oh, like, sh- oh, should we add in, in this particular copy? Uh, we were unable to locate one with subtitles, so we dis- <laughs> <laughs> we we have decided we would watch the dubbed version. So with the yes. English. Uh, Dubbing on it. <laughs> I mean, really, this—that's the authentic way to watch these movies. <laughs> well, really, yes. with the, the dubbed with version. The terrible dubbing, yes. Wow. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a uh, eye-opener. I haven't watched one with the dubbing since since I was a teenager. I think. <laughs> yeah, when they started watching Chinese, were like, oh, let's turn subtitles on. Uh, no, no subtitles. But uh, they were very nice to have a, <laughs> a dubbed version. Mm-hmm. Um, not the best transfer. It's on DVD. Um, I don't know if you can get it on anything else. Can you? Uh, VHS. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a uh, a copy from back in 2000. I actually had to get uh, an American copy of it because mm. uh, it's not available in original Chinese and it's not available anywhere else. So oh, it's pretty, pretty rare. much the only copy I could find that yeah. I could get my hands on. The reason um, we decided to watch this is uh, last week, or last week, last time, 
when we were watching uh, the the uh, Magnificent Butcher, it had some special features on the disc which we were watching just because uh, we felt like it. And um, having an interview with Yu and Wu Ping, who also directed the Magnificent Butcher, and the interviewer suggested that the Buddhist Fist was thought of as one of the greatest kung fu movies of all time well and mm. having that i'd never heard of the film <laughs> at yes. all i thought wow that's a, a pretty big up yeah it's a bold claim <laughs> that's a bold claim when and we thought we're going to get a copy of this movie yes look to, I, to test it out i won't spoil my thoughts just yet i'll wait till the end <laughs> <laughs> well you want to oh, start Start with the um, the rundown of the oh plots, my gosh if you yes. call it plot uh, it's got a plot it opens with a couple of young young kids um, who you know they're, they're being bullied and whatnot and they stand up for each other which is a nice way of establishing that these kids are going to grow up to be best friends and uh, you know probably something's going to come between them because that's usually how these stories work it's usually a girl though isn't it it's usually a girl or it's usually jealousy or jealousy or a girl. So these two kids, uh, one's called Shang and one's called uh, Su Ling, Su Lang. Um, and he's, so Shang is just basically, he's uh, what, just a regular ruffian kid. He's like a poor kid um, and he's getting picked on. And his, his friend, um, Su Ming, is actually a monk. He's learning to be a monk. And part of learning to be a monk is that you, you learn martial arts. Mm. And uh, so Shang wants to be taught martial arts. So, uh, Su Ming is just like, oh, well, you come, come learn in the monastery, you know, we'll teach you. Um, and so basically a smash cut to the future and, you know, Shang is learning his martial arts or he knows martial arts now and, uh, and Su Ming is also able to do martial arts. All, all grown up. All grown up. And, uh, it's come to the point where Shang has decided that he doesn't want to be a monk. He doesn't want to stay. He wants to go and be a barber and, uh, and Su Ming is staying to be a monk and, uh, again, this, I mean, like, I don't know if this is a Yoon Woo Ping thing or if it was just an early thing, but the tone switches from, like, comedy to drama, like, dramatically. It doesn't, it doesn't actually, you know, like, ease into anything. So we've got, like, a celebration kind of scene, and then there's a scene, uh, with, you know, uh, you know, it's supposed to be Suming in this room with a hooker, as you know, Suming is a monk, so he's not supposed to be sleeping with a hooker. But they they introduce the the villain. Uh, they don't show you his face really. Um, it's supposed to be a mystery throughout the film, and uh, the villain does this terrible monologue. <laughs> and and they try to do like from the villain's perspective yeah. when he's he ends up strangling yeah. this. Um, He's he's arranged for this this hooker to sleep with the monk as blackmail, and then he decides that it would be more blackmail if he also murders the girl. Yes, so it looks like the monk raped her and then murdered her. Yes, and uh, so he decides to murder this girl. And the camera work they decide to go from the villain's perspective as he lifts her off the floor. Yes. rather awkwardly. Yeah, strangles her with it. Is I'm sure some type of magic fist. Yeah, tiger claw. He doesn't yell out his was. technique, but yeah, does, not, not, yet, yeah, not anyway. yet. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. And, uh, d- yeah, knocks off the girl and, and proceeds on his cunning blackmail plan <laughs> to steal <laughs> the jade statue from the the 
the priests or the Buddhist temple. Oh, yes, he's blackmailing uh, Suming to steal that, the jade that's statue. What, that's what his end goal is, to steal yes. this jade statue, and he figures his best bet is to get one of the monks himself to steal it. Yes. So he's come up with this cunning blackmail plan. Now, the reason we know this is because he tells us all of this verbatim <laughs> as, he's, as, as he's chasing this girl. As he's chasing this girl. So, uh, yeah, it's not so, that we work this out later. This is everything he says <laughs> in his plan. So he uh, he basically strangles this woman and uh, and kills her. And I know it's supposed to be a mystery, and I don't know whether they accidentally or if they intentionally did it. But you can see his face, like <laughs> um, some of the shots. Yeah, they were deliberately trying to obscure. Yeah, the face, but um, and the you fact catch that enough of it. I don't know whether it's the dub or not, but uh, the hooker actually refers to him by name. So <laughs> that's um, true. Yeah, because because later on they play it up as this big mystery, like nobody knows. Who, who, you know, who is this um, yeah. Yeah, evil character? Who is it? So I don't know if it's like theatrical irony where we're supposed to know and we're supposed to go, look, it's him, it's him. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, they they just the sure it is planning with the dubbing oh boy and then and then there's a a, a great fight scene or well, it's actually a sneaking scene with um suming sneaking into the the monastery in a ninja costume and uh he basically uh sneaks past some guards puts them to sleep and almost gets away with the the jade statue but it's actually uh <laughs> the monk's got like a wallet chain <laughs> tied to the buddhist statue yes. uh which is like you know like eight foot long and they don't even, you know, he doesn't realize when he's putting it, when he's holding it, that there's a big chain. Um, anyway, so he doesn't get away with the statue because it yanks on the chain. And then they have this pretty, pretty cool fight, actually. I thought there was well yeah, choreographed. I thought there was one well, very well choreographed fight with um, a uh, an older guy playing an older monk. Yeah. Who's like a an bit old, lazy. He just he, wants to lay, lay. I would, I would almost put his fighting style as, you know, drunken. Yeah, like he's like a lazy, like, you know... Lying and falling like one side lying. big down. fat guy yeah. that doesn't really do much, but, uh, you know, like, hidden strength kind of thing. He's like Begaso. There's a couple of Begaso characters in the film, actually. Yeah, including <laughs> played by the guy that played Begaso. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and the actual the Begaso. Yeah. Um, so, he, yeah, so uh, Su Ming doesn't get away with the Jade Statue. He gets defeated, but not before the monk um, knocks knocks him back and steals his necklace, which is actually a necklace that he got from his mate Shang. Um, and then that, that, that they don't really talk too much about that after... Oh, wait, no, he does go... He is walking across the street, isn't he? And he runs into... Um, he runs into the plot master guy first and has discusses the plot all oh, while the guy, uh, the in villain. the shadows... Um, the Shang's Shang's godfather, who happens to be the police captain, they don't tell watching. you this though. They don't tell you that no. he's a police captain at that point, but um, he's he's there watching and and sees, and then he chases after them as they run off, mm. only to be confronted and defeated. Yes. By, um, now it's unclear Shang. at this point whether he's dead or not because he gets hit pretty hard and there's blood coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I thought that he was dead. Um, and the, uh, I'm unclear who actually hit him. Was it the, uh, the villain or was it Shuming? Shuming, Shuming, Shuming. hit him. Yeah. And, and he thought he had killed him, right. I believe, or, or at least hurt him. Yeah. And, um, it's only later in, in the film when he's discussing it with the villain guy that the villain guy goes, ha ha, yes, I've, um, cut out his tongue and his eyes and, <laughs> and cut his tendons so he can't move and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I thought he was just, you know joking and kind of exposition yeah this movie's a bag of laughs no, no actually <laughs> he did do that all those things to that guy so oh boy. but uh, we'll get to that bit anyway uh, 
So, um, so now we cut to happier times, which is yeah. uh, Shang uh, working in a barber shop, and he's there. He left town to go get a job. He left town to go get a job in the big city, and uh, it's kind of strange actually because uh, Mike mentioned the barber shop looked very modern. There was metal chairs, mirrors, <laughs> air conditioning vent, uh, air conditioning vent. So it, it yeah, again, we go. <laughs> the budget on this movie probably wasn't very much. Yeah, um, uh, I, I think. They were going for period, but yeah, uh, yeah I think they missed a, a few things in their <laughs> in their location scouting. Oh, wow. They, they, they had all the period clothing, but I think it's quite hard to do a set. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Without a budget, yeah. Like or, a barber set anyway, like with chairs that they could use. Yeah, yeah and, um, you know, like the... Uh, I found a lot of the camera shots, like the switches and that, the lighting was inconsistent. Mm. And it, which is actually really distracting when you have an intricate martial arts uh, choreography. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was like the transfer itself or the fact no. that it was just poor lighting. And I have to say, I think maybe it was just poor lighting, poor camera work, poor placement, which, which was different to the other film because I didn't really notice that as a problem in, in say The Magnificent Butcher no so, I mean this is probably earlier but like a good example is the same uh, time though same time but it really shows production, production values yeah the um the fight in the the barber shop is actually a good point because it, there's a lot of intricate moves and lots of camera movements lots of editing so because it's Yun Wu Ping he does a lot of fast edits where mm. it's like you punch from one angle and he shows you the result from the other angle yep. but because the lighting doesn't match and even like the grading everything it's really distracting so the, I think the camera work is fine but because it's inconsistent it's hard to actually see what's going I on I suppose yeah with the cuts but I found in some of the the shots like he would zoom in, but then the camera would wave up like he was hand following, yeah, trying yeah. to follow the scale, whereas it would have been better in wide no, see, that's, some of the, the moves. That's the thing with a lot of the fight scenes in this film, and a lot of the fight scenes in the Yun Wu Ping films is a lot of his shots are really tight. Like Even mm. when he has a full body shot, yeah. it's literally from the head to the feet. Like There's not yeah. much wider than that, Yeah, um, which it must be a nightmare to follow them when these guys are doing you know like flying backflips and jump kicks. Yeah, and well, that. they were obviously intricate, intricately uh, choreographed yeah. to do yeah. it, but um, yeah, it, it, it just felt like uh, it wasn't as smooth as it could have otherwise been. And, and I would say that would probably be, yeah, production value. He probably didn't have the cranes and, and the things that you would normally expect with the camera work to get those yeah. sweeping shots, as it were, as they move. It's like across. Leonardo da Vinci painting with a horse tail. <laughs> you know, like he just doesn't have the tools. Yeah, yeah. But you can see the magic. Like, you know, so he has this fight in the in the barbershop mm-hmm. um, where things get smashed up. There's great prop work. Um, and they really... You know, like the the ongoing running gag is anyone who is cross-eyed in China needs to be made fun of because, <laughs> yeah. oh man, and if you have a mole or bad teeth, oh yes, it's yes. just the amount of characters that they have in this film. It's like it's almost like the Chinese equivalent of blackface. It's like <laughs> having all of these people with their hairy moles. Well, it, it's it's almost the you know the comedic value for the sake of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like we're trying to be funny, so you better laugh. It, it would, like. Throw a cross-eyed guy in there and guy with mole on his face and buck-tooth guy. Yeah, jeez, man. Like, I had to keep reminding myself that when this movie was made and released, it was probably the lowest common denominator for, you know, like uh, anyone who could afford to go or who maybe wasn't that, you know, high on the socioeconomic <laughs> ladder could kind of, you know, like, yeah, what, what's it called? It's... um. 
uh, universal humor, right? Like mm. it's uh, things that you could do without you having have to, to say. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and you know, the plot really <laughs> reflects that. It's not intricate, really, and it doesn't. You know, I wouldn't call it a smart plot. It's mm. very basic. So we'll we'll advance the plot of the the movie then. So um, anyway, they end up getting fired from the barber shop. Yes, uh, for, for fighting destroying it. it. <laughs> yes, and uh, decide uh, uh, he he makes a friend. Like he has a friend from the barber shop, and he goes, "You're going to come with me." So yes, Obelix to his asterisks. Yes, yes. So the um, the bumbling friend, of course. Yes. So they um, head back to his home village because he's now lost his job and he wants to you know go chat to his father. Only did find out hey it's been we've been gone for about two months yeah that's right his father's been missing yep and he and no one's there and um and then he decides to go around the town and say hey where's my where's my dad and they're like oh i haven't seen him for like two months he's disappeared so that's the mystery that he has to solve Mm. you know what happened to my my um father so he starts asking the questions and stumbling across different things we obviously um stumbles into different character interactions there's the the first one he, he bumbled into i think is the the master monk, the abbot, I'll call him. Mm. I can't remember if he actually had a name other than, you know, Sifu, uh, master abbot. in this. But yeah. Is he, was he playing chess? He was playing chess yeah. with uh, with another older... Well, I don't know if he ever actually said his name, but it's basically, it's the actor that played Begaso in um, Magnificent Butcher anyway. Mm. So he's playing chess with the old abbot and obviously cheating, as you would expect. From Begaso, <laughs> From yes. Begaso. But, um, he's yeah. Begaso in everything but name. That's right. So they uh, decide to have a, a chess off in in stealing the pieces and using martial arts moves to try and get that, the pieces back. That little martial arts, like you know, it, flipping it, the chessboard. Yeah, flipping chessboards and you know, basically beating each other with kung fu <laughs> in in chess. That was really well done. That really that was yeah, that. very well choreographed. Yeah, and, uh, just a little fun little bit that they've added in there just for fun. And and they even know they're even like joking with each other as they kind of doing it and cheating yeah uh, and yeah so that's just the introduction to to that character who really is only there to play one more piece <laughs> in the movie later on yeah um, he's just a wandering master I don't he's know what a he's wonder- doing. Yeah, yeah basically so uh from that point he obviously runs into his old friend and uh and asks him no, if you've seen Jimmy yeah. have, have you seen my uh my dad oh no I haven't seen him uh, obviously lying yeah at this point I was uh, I was not sold that it was actually assuming because his face was covered in the first part mm. and when they show him in bed with a hooker they don't actually show his face so I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt and I <laughs> thought it might not have been him no I got I got it I got it from the eyes yeah yeah I, I mean he had the mask on but same eyes so I was, I was pretty confident it was him <laughs> that's the big mystery <laughs> <laughs> and then um, uh, oh what, what hmm? was it uh, oh we I think we went to a, a little bit of exposition around different different characters interacting there's a buck tooth um, you know salesman who's selling um, his way Oh, cooking, so, cooking the, what were they this like, is part of assuming yeah they were like a little crab cakes or something because yeah. um, I mean Shang's walking around everywhere and everybody seems incredibly pleased to see him because it's like you know prodigal son come back kind of thing mm. everyone's really pleased and the way that they show their pleasure and their greeting is to fight each other immediately <laughs> so they just like whip out it's like I don't know I'm just going to punch you in the face and you should dodge it and then after about three or four blows they just like break out into a grin and go hey buddy Real good. I just tried to kill you, but that's how they that's how they roll in old school China. Mm. Um, and then so Shang's walking around meeting people, and then they show 
uh, assuming walking around the town, and he sees a uh, a buck tooth. God, I, I hope his teeth aren't real because they look just like oh, rabbit's they teeth. Totally fake. It was um, this buck tooth uh, salesman who's trying to sell his crab cakes, and he's getting picked on by a bunch of hoodlums who are just trying to steal his food. Mm. And so Shuming helps by beating up these hoodlums. Uh, so you you look at him, you go, oh, that's cool. You know, he's helping out. He's a little you know, um, fight with a. The, the boss guy has a bird cage that he has to hold up as he's going and, and yeah, the, that's how you show that they're a dandy sort of, sort of takes it off yeah takes him off and as he goes through the fight and just shows him how much more powerful I will add um, I, I think as I was watching I pointed out to Sam as well that the the difference in execution of the the different um, fights oh, with, yeah. with the actors and, and their level of skill I'll add was uh, a little bit of a stark contrast some of the the lesser character fights were quite poorly acted and executed and then when you flip to to using one of the main characters they're so much better in their execution that it's very yeah. stark difference you know i have to think though because watching a lot of the amateurs not the no, i shouldn't call them amateurs watching a lot of the um lesser parts fight clearly they are martial artists like they're able to do moves that are mm. pretty good I have to think because you know, like w- what Jackie's saying is that a, a, a fight might take him two months to set up. Um, giving you know Yun Wuping giving the time for the main actors to perform their fights well enough to capture on film. If it's a lesser fight, they might just go, "All right, you've got ten takes. Like you either get it." Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So I'd... then they might not have enough time to polish all of the moves, so they have to learn. I mean, even the small fights are pretty intricate like a lot of the movements like fighting punching and they're doing a lot of like hand movements up to the face and down so they're doing like lots of knee and elbow blows um and the camera is capturing all of this and in any one fight there could be like hundreds of edits because it's just like going from a shot up here and then they're showing what the feet are doing um so it's i think i'll add to that as well i i I think it was Jackie again in one of those my stunts or something and mm. pointing out that you can be a great martial artist but that doesn't necessarily translate to film. Yes, like Because they're playing it up for the camera. They're used to doing it as actors yeah. and trained to do it that way whereas a martial art's not trained to do it for the camera mm. as such so it can be hard to translate. So I'll, I'll say that perhaps that plays a part in it. Just very stark contracts like I'm not... When I'm watching a movie and I'm going this is almost telling me I don't really have to care about this fight at all because it's so <laughs> poor compared to the, the decent fights, which are very well choreographed, very well executed. Yeah, beautifully throughout, done. Beautifully done. Um, anyway, so moving the plot along, um, the go to night time and, and oh, that's Shang's right. back at his house. Yeah, and this, uh, so this is strange. Shang and his buddy, uh, we'll call him Obelix because I don't know his <laughs> yeah, Obelix, yeah. Uh, Shang and Obelix are in the house and they... They're just kind of hanging out, and there is a strange character wearing a mask as well, but wearing a different shirt to all the other people who have worn masks in the film, so I assume it's a different person. And he just shows up and just basically tries to kill these guys with, with, a, with a knife. And, uh, you know, they, they they take his mask off, but then he does like, a, you know how kids pull funny faces? He does a pulling a funny face kind of thing and it's not really done for last it's done because he's trying to disguise himself which works really well because I had no idea who the hell it was um, so he manages to get oh, away well it was done for last for the audience anyway because it was kind of stupid cause, it was a stupid cause face because one of the other guys gets frightened from the face yeah you are his reaction yeah, was purely guy, comedic obviously. yeah <laughs> 
But I mean, like you know, if somebody was trying to identify me, I'd pull a stupid face too because it, yeah. it's pretty hard to recognise. Yeah. So he then es- escapes throughout the the sequence there, and they don't tell you anything. Like that's just a nothing sequence. They don't like, tell you who it is. Why, why did that happen? Yeah. Like you assume that it may be because they're trying to find his godfather or his yeah, father, or they're or something. getting closer to a clue yeah. or something. But but um, uh, no, it's you know like. We'll find out later what it is, but at, for the moment, it's just some crazy person who's just trying to kill him. Mm. Um, so, wow, I get confused here now, so I don't know that a whole lot actually happens. No, um, it's, it's it's a whole lot of little things like that, like he's walking to places and, and you know, other things are, are happening, but nothing that really advances the plot at all. They set up, so they don't set this up, but there are people that run into him. Oh, it's the bad, oh, that, that's right, it's a whole bunch of events where the bad the, the bad guys are trying to kill him because he's getting close on their yeah. trail. The, so they set up some assassins yes. to come after him. They don't tell you this though. No, well, well they don't they they do tell well they don't tell the first assassin which is the guy with the telling the fortune Yes. I think. Yeah. And um that at this point he attacks and um is it sorry Shang isn't it? Yeah, so Shang's walking and there's a guy who's pretending to be a fortune teller. Um, who's kind of aggressively trying to tell their fortunes, I yeah. guess. Um, and then it turns out that he's actually a uh, an assassin yeah. trying to take on Shane. special technique with... Um, what, are, what were they like? Uh, they're like fortune sticks. sticks. Fortune they're basically, sticks. yeah. So you hold like a cup with uh, little... I guess they're half chopsticks and they've got like um, fortunes written on them. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and then you shake them and then you kind of pull it out. Yeah, beats them up. Um, just, but, as, just as he's about to win... Beggar so decides to drop around. Yeah, because Shang is getting his ass kicked by this yeah. guy. Yeah. Who, I have to say, like, he has this incredible, like, eyebrow thing going on. He's, like, <laughs> doing the rock the whole time. And he's got this, he's, like, this great character actor. I don't know who it is, but he's got this smarmy look on his face. And he's very polished in his technique as well, which is... Yeah, crisp. Which, yeah, yeah, very, very crisp. Like, good kicks, uh, good acrobatics. And he... Yeah, so his little fortune sticks are kind of shaved at one end, so they're quite sharp. Mm. And uh, Shang's about to get skewered by these, and that's when Beggar So shows up. Intervenes and, and catches the... Well, throws... Pushes him in certain directions so the um, the sticks just miss him or, or get into a spot that isn't, you know, hurting him and stuff. Yeah, the best kind of martial arts, yeah. the martial arts by proxy. By proxy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knock, knocking around, as he kind of does in The Magnificent Butcher as well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but then he decides um, he's had enough and he, he starts fighting the dude and um, basically takes him to task. Yes. Pretty easily. Well, he's big as so. Yeah. Uh, with a chessboard too. So the guy's pretty good. The the um the fortune teller guy's pretty good, but Begaso and we were remarking when they were doing the um the shots that Begaso is incredibly agile for a man of his, <laughs> his stature. Size. But then when we kept watching, the agility was so much so that we were like, Hang on, is that just a guy wearing a fat suit? Yes. Uh, yes. yes it was. Yes it was. <laughs> so some of the shots were not that great. Spliced together. No, and especially with, with Begas. Begas. I, I do give props because he obviously did some of the choreography himself. Yes, and they intercut flips and things that he couldn't perform with an actor yes. dressed up to look like him. Yeah, when Begaso's cankles turned into like skinny legs, it was like yeah, <laughs> and no, the that's... arms suddenly get a little bit longer and skinnier. Yeah, yeah, no, not him, but very well cut together, and uh, again, a beautiful example of Yun Wu Ping's choreography. Like this is. This, I think, to me, is before Yun Wu Ping became enamoured with, uh, like, floaty martial arts. 
you know, like with wires and, and it's CG. Just like a little bit, but not not too yeah, much. That's just, it. That's the thing. Touch. It's it enhances it without detracting from it because the movements are crisp, they're clean, and the bits that are kind of fantastic, like rolling up somebody's body and stuff. Yeah, it's it's only a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. the the punches still feel like they would hurt. The kicks still feel like they would hurt. So this is just, you know, like the the choreography in this film is the jewel in the film. Like, Yeah. it, it And as we get, get on to, to the final sort of fight sequence, I'll come back to that a bit more because mm. I do want to explore that more. So from this point, um, Shang goes back to his house um, and the villain sets up the next assassin who's a poisoner. Do they show the villain at this stage? They show who's talking to the... No, um, no, they're still hiding his they're face. They're still hiding his face, okay. All we find out is that he's got one small foot and one big foot. Yeah. So he's called the villain... Little foot, big foot. Little foot, big foot. <laughs> yes. Cause, uh, oh, and, and they managed to take the shots of him putting his feet up and showing that one foot is smaller than the other foot, for whatever reason. Yes, I... And uh, so he hires a poisoner assassin who goes to um, have daydreams about how he's going to actually kill Shang and showing uh, interlacing these daydreams with shots of Shang falling for these little tricks. Like, like little flashbacks. The, the poison, or, yeah. poison tea or the arrow through the, the dream chest, sequences. Or the choking dream sequences of, wow. of the deaths. Forecasting what he's going to do to try and do. So then we skip ahead to. Hang on, hang on. I just want to say that uh, I actually laughed out loud when they introduced this uh, this assassin. Oh yes, because uh, his his looks. <laughs> he's got he's got a uh, like a hunchback, like a Notre Dame kind of hunchback, and uh, his face is pale faced. It, it's like made up. It's almost uh, the the ghost kind of look that they go in yeah, the Chinese movies. He looks with like the a ghost, pale and the grey lips and stuff. He resembles Q from Star Trek. So if you remember Q, if you imagine Q with a white face doing an incredibly campy performance of a Chinese vampire. Yes. Uh, almost kind of like a, uh, yes, master. Yes, I will kill you. It, 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 yes. It's almost doing like a lispy kind of, and his, wow. He, uh, I don't know if you were going to go on to the different techniques that he was going, he was suggesting to use. One being poisoned by tea, two being speared by magic. Oh, well, not magic, but hidden spears underneath the table, and three being his uh, what was it called? Secret technique. The, Secret the ghost claw. Yeah, isn't it? ghost claw technique, which has the best martial arts sound effect I've ever heard. Um, it's well, how can you describe it? Was it was that? I'll, I'll put it here. Was I don't know if this was the English dub track over the top because no, we did no, notice that when be. we were watching the film. The bits that were dubbed, and then the sound would almost click over to the actual proper soundtrack underneath. Oh, I, I hope it would it's do not. this during the fight sequences where it was just like, <laughs> you know, mm. doing that because they didn't really need to redub that, obviously. So it was kind of like I'm not sure if that noise was the original or they were adding the. No, I yeah. think it's canon because, yeah. like, when you when you look at those old vampire films, the Chinese vampire films, they do have that kind of bony rattle. Oh, so okay. the moves that he was doing, like very sharp jerky movements and it had like that bone rattle yeah um if yeah. anybody's ever seen naruto the the puppet master type guys that that's how they move it sounds like bones clacking on bones mm-hmm. uh, but it's kind of like this rattle so he's describing all of these different ways that he's going to kill shang um he's i really appreciated how campy they went with it because it was just kind of <laughs> like 
I said to Mike, it was like Ninja Scroll when you've got all these incredible, oh, yeah, yeah. like different villains and demons. I actually wanted there to be like a half dozen, just different special powered <laughs> villains, uh, but unfortunately, th- this is what we got. But it was glorious. He was glorious. Yep. So we get to the point where um, he invites him, invites him to dinner, and then yeah. tries to feed him the poison. They do a, a few couple of different like almost kind of things and gets interrupted by something, almost drinks the tea, gets interrupted, <laughs> almost, um, you know, gets speared, but someone's foot gets in the way of the trigger and uh, all those kind of things. It's and he just goes, worse. you know what, stuff this. I'm just going to try and kill you. Oh. So when the bit that was funny was that, again, they have another POV shot from the villain's perspective, walking behind Shang with his claws out, <laughs> yeah. ready to strangle him. And he turns around just in time. So it's it's almost like a... It's a comedy. Yeah. Um, comedy of errors. Yeah. Comedy of errors. And then he just gives... A, you know, like he basically... Everything is cool. Shang doesn't suspect anything yet. Yeah. And then they're sitting at the dinner table. Spears are there and everything. And then he decides to attack Shang head on with chopsticks. <laughs> and it's a straight forward attack. And he tries to hide it by saying, oh, I was just trying to catch a fly. Um, and then Shang at this point figures something suspicious. Something fishy. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. they, then they... the two two um, surrogates who are on the outside um, come to attack them only oh, to get guards, yeah. yeah, hit by the spears, yes, that were meant for them because the tables have been moved throughout the 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 other sequence. Yes, Obelix is oblivious to all of this because he's trying to eat things accidentally and accidentally helping them defeat them. <laughs> yes, and yeah, they go back and forth fighting and and the claw, and uh, he ends up actually capturing him in the ghost claw and he's choking him. That's right, yes, he's and, losing uh, to the ghost and claw. O- and Oblix grabs, and happens to grab the, the poison tea and throws it in his face. No, he grabs a mallet. Um, I don't know why there's a mallet. Oh, yes, that's right. He grabbed the mallet and... Oh, smashes yes, his it, hump. Smashes his hump. So it goes through his body and comes out the front, so he's got a front hump. He's got a front hump now. Yes. Now, instead of on his back. Yes, and so then when they're struggling, he tries to get at Shang, and then Shang throws this the, poison. The tea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hence killing the uh, Nosferatu vampire. Poison, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, that was actually a pretty good, funny fight. <laughs> uh, a little bit of fantasy. So he's killed these two assassins, um, and... Oh, gosh. He goes back to his house, and yeah. he sees a light on. It's nighttime, and he goes, what's that light going? And it's his friend dressed up. Oh, assuming, yeah. Assuming, dressed up in the ninja, and he's searching, ruffling through the house, trying to figure out what's going on, like if he's figured out who he is yet. Mm. So he goes inside, gets in a fight with him. Then they knock out the lamp, so it's dark in there, and they can't see any... He goes out the door only to be confronted by Mr. Knife Guy coming back. Yeah, another, yeah Mr. Knife Guy. Again. Yeah. So he runs past, Knife Guy comes in, starts attacking him again. Yes. This time they actually defeat Knife Guy and capture him to find out it's the Bucktooth yeah, salesman. it's Rabbit Guy from the yeah. street. And then all of a sudden he goes, no, I'm actually a cop. Now random. This, wow, this is the most random thing. So this Bucktooth Guy has been trying to randomly kill them this whole time. The whole time. And uh, and they managed to to capture him, and then they they so they don't show him explaining he's a cop. They just cut to the them sitting together and going, "Oh, so you're a cop?" Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, I thought you guys were bad guys. So I tried to kill you, but it's but, cool. But that's cool. Yeah, because no, you no, got me now. And and yeah, I know. I'm going to advance the plot here and say I've heard the bad guys, small foot, big foot, because that's what your dad told me. Who you'd never seen them interact before. But yes. That's it. Yeah. This is like, okay. 
It's very convenient we'll writing. Conveniently believe you and and advance the plot forward. So then they're all trying to find out who's who is the Bigfoot Smallfoot. Small Bigfoot we don't small know. Foot. We don't know. And um, oh, and then, so then they set up a sting, right? Like he's he's the Bucktooth guy is again pretending to be a salesman on the street, and he gets this guy come up and just say, "Hey, can you come make me some food down the street?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, no worries." And so he signals to Shang. He's like, oh, I've got to go do this thing. And uh, Shang kind of leaves. And so Bucktooth Guy follows this other person who has... I have no idea who this random guy is that's setting up this ambush. Mm. But it anyway, so the random guy just leads him to a, a Bucktooth Guy to the middle of the field, I guess, and just leaves him there and disappears. Um, and then... The long, real bad guy jumps out. Yeah, the real bad guy jumps out. Smallfoot, Bigfoot. Smallfoot, except uh, except this time, this is the first time he actually shows his face yes, properly. Yes, you realize, hey, that's the the shopmaster guy. It's, yeah, from, it's one of the shop owners the from shop the town. Um, and he shows up and basically, he's pretty cocky. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's me. Uh, I can't have you going around and telling everybody what's going on. Yeah, and so he has a fight with the uh, bucktooth cop guy and does his patented choke move. Yeah, that's right. And kills the shit out but of him. But he's interrupted just just as he's choked him. Enough to kill him, obviously. And Shang shows up um, just as he runs away. Mm. And uh, Bucktooth just alive enough to say, I know who Big Tooth, Bigfoot Smallfoot is. He's the, the shop owner of the dress yes. shop. Uh, and he dies. He and so Shang obviously rushes over to the shop because to, that's immediately where he would go, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. to confront him. Yeah, Shang, Shang is really, like, I have to say, for the main character and the protagonist, he's not the smartest. No. He's no. not the smartest kid in the shop. He's Definitely not. Wow. Although I mean, he manages to immediately find the secret hidden chamber under the floor. Oh, yeah, because he walked right over yeah, it. Yeah. He goes to the shop and he finds a hidden chamber. Yeah, whilst, whilst Oblik's friend runs into the actual bad guy, <laughs> not knowing that the bad guy is the bad guy, and then is is like, hey, let's go to the shop to find Shang. <laughs> That's okay, right. bad guy. So they hang out there, and then while they're bumbling around upstairs, and uh, the bad guy decides, hey, it's time to kill Obelix's friend. Yes. So he pulls out a massive sword, or, or spear, should I say. It's it's actually hilariously large. <laughs> yeah, hilariously large. It's yeah. it's like a, what, what is it? It's like a trident on a pole. It's, <laughs> it's a huge, I, I don't even know what you call it. It's just a massive sword. It's one of those traditional kind of um, staffs with the, yeah. the It's like a pole axe or something. Yeah, pole yeah. axe, yeah. Yeah. But man, it's it's pretty comically large. Yeah, it's huge, yeah. definitely oversized. So he tries to kill Oblix. Yep. But, uh, uh, I should mention though that the actor, I believe, is the uh, the father from Magnificent Butcher. A lot of parallels actually between this film and Magnificent well, I'd Butcher. I'd say they had like a certain number of actors that they would use in different films. And yeah. So a lot of crossover there. Yeah. So uh, while they're doing that upstairs, uh, Shang's downstairs and runs into his father, who, who has <laughs> actually had his tongue cut out, That's his right. eyes poked out, and everything. Oh, his else. eyes are still there, but uh, he's oh, had, yeah. his, had his tendons cut. Tendons cut. So um, he manages to to spell out to him. He goes, "What? Who did this to you?" And he gets a pen, puts it in his mouth, so he can draw the characters in the dirt on the floor. And uh, he says, "Master." He, he misspells. He misspelled. He doesn't finish spelling the name. Yeah, so he thinks he's talking about the abbot, yes. master guy, when he's actually talking about his friend. Yes, you mean. Um, 
so and then they're interrupted because bad guy turns up. Yeah, that's right. Out, and they have and he a, ends up killing the dad. They have a reasonably good fight. Reasonably, except like yeah. this is the this fight was probably the worst offender for choppy editing because of the mm. bad lighting. There was low light, very very poor light. In this yeah, shot. yeah. Changing colors, changing light, um, intricate moves. Lots of there's quite a bit of acrobatics, um, sword play. Um, friggin' shield play. There's. It, I did like the actual choreography in it, but yeah, it was. It was it really was good. Distracting with the light that t- did distract from it, but yeah, it was, it was hard to follow. With the poleaxe, and he picked up a. I don't know it was like the, uh, the top of a a basket, a wicker basket or mm. something, and he used it as a shield mm. to um, block out and uh, and maneuver around, which was really good. Yeah, it's a really cool fire, but be- I think because of the location and the lighting, it was just really hard to follow. There mm. was just it wasn't super long, mm. um, and it gets a little bit more complicated because there are other people that jump in the fire. Like there's mm. all the the cops and the sheriffs. They end they up showing turn up because Oblix goes to get them. Mm. Smart, smart man, Oblix. Yeah, <laughs> so they show up, and then um, essentially they he ends up they all join up. Yeah, he ends up defeating Smallfoot, Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> Fairly, fairly easily, actually, I thought, in the end. He just sort of goes bang, bang, and, and does it in the end. There's a like, scene right, There's a scene where Obelix gets kicked by a Bigfoot Smallfoot, <laughs> and uh, he takes his shoe, and he realizes that he's got a small it's a foot. It's shoe. It's actually another shoe, and he has a smaller shoe. So to mask the fact he has a small foot, he wears a big shoe. <laughs> Which I thought was that pretty was, Yeah, that was a little bit early. Pretty yeah, funny. Um, so that fight, yeah, he beats, uh, Bigfoot Smallfoot, who again is monologuing and saying exactly why he... Exactly why, why he did what he did and how he blackmailed his friend. Yes. For the money. For the money. Um, But, but then, uh, actually, uh, tell a lie. He, he said he blackmailed the monk to do these things. He doesn't actually say it's his friend. Oh, yes. He's just a monk that he blackmailed. So... Now Shang's assuming that it's the abbot oh, that's yes, black Oh, yes, of course, yes. So he goes back to his house, and the abbot's there, and he's like, ha, ah, and he starts attacking the abbot, and the abbot's like, hang on a minute, what are you attacking me for? Mm. Like, easily knocking back his moves and, and blocking him and so forth. And then it turns out the abbot's got the necklace that was stolen. Yes. And and he goes, why have you got that? And he goes, this is actually off the real culprit. Mm. And that's the point where it clicks for Shang, that goes, ah, I gave... My friend, the necklace. That's how he must have been the guy that had done the. Attack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you'd think at this point there'd be a big confrontation going on, but no, they it have to set a cunning a, plan. Oh my a gosh! Cunning plan. It's a very cunning and intricate plan where they uh, at the funeral. At the funeral, where they basically have a uh, a woman wearing Not, no the wake before the funeral. Should I say they're wearing this lady is wearing a necklace and they she pretends to pass out. And so they set up this plan the, the to leave. The necklace that was stolen. The necklace. Yeah. They set up this plan for assuming to be alone with this woman because they want to see what he's going to do. And he basically tries to attack her, attack her and steal the evidence back. But it uh, turns out it's not really a woman. No, it's not a woman. It's just some dude. And it turns out that Shang has somehow secreted himself inside a paper mache doll. Yes. Which, yeah, okay. I think because they cut away and he did actually go away and come back in his ninja outfit. Yeah. In between, you're meant to assume that he's hidden himself in that... Um, oh, boy. ...that paper mache thing and bursts out. And and so ensues the final fight of the movie. Yes. And uh, the confrontation between the two best friends. Yes. And uh, quite a long 
intricate fight sequence with different styles and, you know, forecasting the style they're using each time, which was... Buddhist fist and Buddhist palm. A little bit annoying. Oh, oh you mean like when they're actually yelling out their techniques? Yeah. Like, Monk well, jumped found, over the wall. I found that very old school, because that's a very old school thing to do when they shout out what they're doing as they do it. But they were actually doing different proper, um, you know... Uh, Shaolin techniques. I will, will the the only add, issue add, with added fake ones as well around there too. The only issue I had with it was the fact that it was inconsistent because they hadn't done it at all yeah. up until this point. Yeah, and also the it was fact it was like a different style of choreography. Yeah, used. and also the fact that that it was dubbed because if they call out their technique in Chinese, that's cool because that sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. But when you're saying like you know. Um, yeah. Whatever it is, like yeah, you know, when you're saying it in English, nah. Yeah, sleeping nah. Buddha strikes. It just sounds stupid. Yeah. Um, but that, that's okay. I mean, seven seven star feet. This was a long, a long fight scene, and usually I don't like long fight scenes that draw out. But this one was, it was creative. There was like chapters to the fight. Like there'd be a fight. Somebody would win. Somebody would lose. Um, it would move around. The abbot then intervenes and gets a. Death, almost a yeah, really fatal blow, fatal, almost fa- fatal blow. So he's sort of out of the action because I suppose it kind of takes away the like. Why isn't the abbot just jump out and beat the shit out of him? Because the abbot's yeah. obviously more powerful. But he jumps in to intervene at the wrong spot and gets hit. Yes, taking him out of the fight and then just sits cheerleading on the side. Yes, <laughs> a shame. He, a couple of times he tries to jump up and yell something, but yeah. then he falls back because yeah. he's in too much With pain. Blood, you know, yeah. running <laughs> down the chin. Yeah, can't, yeah. can't move. Yeah. yeah. But um, so it seesaws backwards and, and forwards, but it's fairly obvious that Shang is is outmatched. Yes, the the, the monk friend is su- simply superior in all of the strikes. He actually could kill him at a, a number of different things, but doesn't. Yeah, he holds back. He holds back in different moves, and then the abbot has one more intervening where he throws his beads across to stop him from actually finishing Shang when he's actually going to finish him for one mm. time. And somehow, uh, I want to call them magic beans, magic beads, <laughs> yeah, magic, magic beads. beads. But all of a sudden, the momentum's completely shifted to Shang, and Shang proceeds to beat the crap out of him. Yeah, the one distraction is all Shang needed to, all, to get the upper hand. That's all he needed. Uh, it didn't matter that, you know, the, the whole ten minutes before, he was getting his butt handed to yeah. him. Now he's stronger. Using the Buddha's fist. He doesn't win, named. though. He doesn't win that fight. Because uh, he does get assuming uh, up against the wall. Yeah, and beats him to the point that he's beaten him, but only to the point, like, he's he's in that final strike, but at the same time, he's been beaten, but his hand's in the position that he could have got one of the... He uh, could have killed Shane. Could have killed Shane. Yeah, assuming could have killed Shane. Moves, the secret pressure point that he had, but he chose not to, and he said to the other, I chose not to kill my friend. And then collapses. His final act of repentance. His final act of repentance, exactly. It's thus ending the movie. Well, no, the the big words, the end. (laughs) The the end does come up. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. The Shang stands. Actually, no, Shang gets his shirt heart ripped by uh, assuming showing off his showing off his incredible all the Buddha palm palm prints that are on him from all the Buddha palm hits. And uh, and Shang walks off with the abbot, and then big white letters, the end, pop up, and literally that is the end. The end of the movie, exactly. Uh, and that is the Buddhist fist. 
greatest martial arts film ever made, Michael? Well, apparently, according to that one reporter. Um, well, no, no, definitely not that. Um, some of the martial arts was fairly well choreographed, as I said. I think um, the martial arts was the highlight of the film. Very, very de- well done. Definitely much better than the plot itself, but look, the still, plot was... yeah, as I say, hit and miss depending on the individual fight. Some highlights and and some lowlights, I think, throughout the, the film. The plot was very basic, and yeah. I said this a typical, sorry, typical, typical plot. Yeah, stub, yeah. substandard, and and the set was a little bit distracting in its its you know shabbiness. Yeah, there was a scene where uh, Xu Ming tries to leap over a uh, like a rail, a, a rail, and, and the, the rail, rail just moves. Yeah, as he jumps up, and you're like, yeah, that's completely fake so the full respect to the actors working in yeah. those conditions because <laughs> absolutely um, and a lot of the the um the camera movements were quite shaky obviously handheld um mm. the zoom in and the zoom outs weren't very smooth it looked like it was shot with like a sony handycam for a lot of it um lighting was poor as mentioned oh, lighting was inconsistent mm. like that that was a big sin mm. so really just the the general production values were very very low but like Yoon Woo Ping's choreography really stood out. Mm. Like his the work that the actors put in and the work that he put in to get everything looking really nice was world class. Like that mm. I would put that in the Matrix, I would put that in anything. Like the stuff that he was doing was really, really well done. Um, but everything else was just cheap, cheep, cheap. Cheap, cheap, poor, so, poor. Nineteen eighty this film was made. Nineteen eighty, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so, yep. so very old and very uh, early. It does have a modern aesthetic though, you know, like that that it's not really a revenge flick, but it's kinda like a horror murder mystery type. Yeah, type kind thing. of murder mystery. Yeah. But at this yeah. I I wanna say it had it really felt felt its age i think hmm. it hasn't it hasn't grown better or, or um you know more dignified with age it's it is fallen off a bit especially because of the production values i think it suffers from i think nathan's mentioned it before with these hong kong movies you know when when people go see a movie and they pay the money they want comedy they want drama they want action they want you know everything rolled Too into much one trying to throw in and it really to get your money's worth mismatch um, and I don't think this is necessarily the worst offender. No. Um, and I do think it's trying to tell a story, but the the little touches where they're trying to put in... Because the comedy is inevitably slapstick, mm. you know, like it, it's the most universal. And it just detracts from the overall tone of this the murder film, mystery. Yeah, what it's trying to be, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yep. And the murder mystery stuff is just so on the nose. Like, there's nothing subtle about it. Like, the, the villain is villainous. Yes. He has a villainous look. And he's really only evil for the sake of being evil. Like, his motivation is really nothing more than... It's just, you know, he wants money. That, that's his motivation that yeah. he tells us. He goes, even I want to be rich. He doesn't get the Buddha statue, and he exactly. still does these explicable, inexplicable plans to keep things being evil. Absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, like, there's a lot about the film that is difficult to like, that hasn't aged very well. Mm-hmm. But it still holds up as a pretty good action film. Like, from an action point of view, I could I could just watch the action in this film. I, I'd happily sit and watch the action. I think it's an okay movie, but pretty, pretty good action, would you say? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> no, not by but, far. But, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not the greatest one either. Um, I, I, 
I agree. The, I think the, the fights save it to mm. some extent. Yep. Uh, is it one that I would sit down and, and watch again and again? No, definitely not. Well, we tried watching it with Jenna with your wife, Mike, and... Uh, uh, she left about 20 minutes into it, maybe? Yeah, we, we thought it'd be fun if she could give her thoughts on it, but she didn't. She couldn't sit through she, it. She couldn't sit through it. I think it was in part the fact that the plot was quite bad, but yeah. also the, 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 the dubbing was ridiculous. Oh, boy. That, that really was a bit distracting until you just kind of ignore it. So this this would be, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I would take people to see this film unless they were interested in martial arts films in general. Yeah, yeah, that's right. As, as a... We only, as I say, we we did this because it was promised to be the greatest kung fu movie ever, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident in saying no. no it, <laughs> it fell short. It fell very short. But having said that, there were a couple of moments for me where I was like, "Ooh," you know, in our uh, "Do Try This at Home" section, there were about three moves in the film that I immediately thought, "I have to try this." There was a scene early on in the monastery where uh, Xu Ming is breaking in to steal the statue. And uh, the the monk who's guarding it does a um, like a low leg pose with his leg out, kind of like a sweep. And assuming basically rolls up his body, um, and then like vaults off the top of his head. Even if they did that in reverse, it's an incredible thing to look at. Somebody just like rolling up somebody's body. He actually does the same move later in the film, but the other way, he rolls down the body. Um, well, one thing I'll add to that in that same sort of just before the sequence is. When he's trying to steal the statue, he he decides he's not going to just, you know, try and walk around the monk. He'll deliberately climb up into the roof rafters over the top of the monk and climb back down just so he avoids going near the monk, right? And as part of that sequence, he does a... There's, like, square... I want to say... Like beams? Square beams in the roof as, as the pattern, part of the pattern of the roof. And he hand grips from, you know one side of the square to the other side to the other side there's about two across and he does that hand 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 across the top whilst his legs are dangling under him showing his upper body strength yeah. to actually do that and I was very impressed yeah. at, at his strength in that particular scene good acrobatics and like yeah. stuff that you don't normally see like at yep. the end when they're having that fight and uh, it did early of of the the thing that Jackie Chan became known for and I assume he's lifted it a bit from Yun Wu Ping as using everything in the room. Yeah, using the props. Yeah. Because there's a scene where um, Shang is fighting Xu Ming, and Xu Ming is. He basically. He's on his hands, he does a handstand, and then he basically does a jump handstand onto some, like, small stools, and he just walks with his hands. And whether or not that's on wires, I doubt it, because it looks pretty authentic. Yeah. It's just, you know, like, these guys can handstand mm. on stools, so. Yeah. Like show that, and then they're them. smashing the stools and everything, and yeah. going around the room, hitting things and and missing and and all that. Yeah, getting involved in in the space that they're in. Yeah, which is the, that definite later style that Jackie adopts as well, using everything in the room to make it seem like it's it's more realistic than just I'm going to stand in this room with lots of stuff and just fight you. Yeah, it's like what Bourne does, but before yeah. Bourne, like it invented Bourne. Yeah. And my favorite thing that I love seeing and the stuff that I, I want to go home and try and do immediately is, you know, like lots most of these guys can do acrobatics. They can do backflips. They can do front flips. They can do all of that stuff, right? Um, but if they're being acrobatic for the sake of being acrobatic, it's not impressive. Mm. But if you do something like there's a scene where um, Smallfoot Bigfoot is 
basically flipping Shang around underground in his underground lair. <laughs> it actually is an underground <laughs> lair. Um, he's flipping him around, and he grabs him by uh, the jacket, rips his jacket off him, and basically throws him to the floor. And the throw looks authentic. It looks genuine, like he's throwing his hand to the floor, and Shang basically does a front flip with his hand as his jacket comes off. And I was like, whoa. And it, you know, the actual flip is not that impressive, but the fact that they built the flip into an act of, you know, like a, a, a defensive move. Strange, yeah. It just, it felt like, it felt cool. It was like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I want to do that. That looks cool. So there, there were lots of little moments where they did stuff like that where I was just like, yeah, yeah, I want to go home. <laughs> did you have anything like that? Did you see any movies like that? No, I mean, I like the ones that you pointed out and uh, I'm always a fan. I liked it when they, you know, do the flip up and grab the head, you know, with the ankles and Flip them back over. Oh yeah, yeah. Those kind of the Black things. Widow move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, you know, the kind of moves like going, yeah, you could, you could probably do that if you're trying, but <laughs> realistically, no, that no. that's a bit too awkward in a fight to even really do. Yeah. Um, and you know, the the one that was over the top, I thought, was when he started jumping on his legs and just on his body to, you know, stop him from moving. Yeah. That that was just like, there's not really much point to that. Could could he not just push himself backwards to push you off? I think it, it's yeah. highlighting. So basically, yeah. assuming is fighting on top of uh, Shang, yeah, and standing on him, yeah, in such a way that Shang can't shake him off. So he's bearing the whole weight of this yeah, guy on his legs, on his legs, um, and that's the technique: is to avoid getting hit while you're on someone to keep, yeah. to get them tired. Yeah, which practically. No, it's yeah, know, it's it, not possible. Exactly, it just seemed to be. Yeah, yeah but we're not Shaolin monks, Mike. Yeah, well, true, we're true. We're not Shaolin monks. Very true. Um. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, the movie is not the greatest martial arts movie. Uh, as in my opinion, not the greatest martial opinion, arts movie. My opinion as well. Yes. <laughs> um. But it it look it wasn't terrible. No, it, it was it's not terrible. terrible. That, <laughs> that's as good as we're going to get. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll leave it there for now. Um. I I don't know what else. What, do we have anything lined up next? Uh, not so many. Yeah, so many to choose from. I, I think we're back to um, maybe Nathan's choice, I think. Nathan's choice? So uh, Well, well we'll keep it a surprise because we yeah, don't know. We don't know yet. And, yeah. Uh, but we'll certainly be back with the next film in uh, another couple of weeks' time. Yes, another episode of the Asian Action Cast. Until uh-huh. then, we'll see you later. Thanks for having us. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs>